0: Hey there, guys and gals, games and gamers, you're listening to the Nerd of Godcast, that place on the Venn diagram of life where Christ culture and nerd culture find sweet, sweet two-player
1: co-op. Hello, 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 and welcome to your Nerd of Godcast. This is a special uh, edition. All of the crew, save just a few of us, have been uh, infected by mutated fungus and have run off into the darkness clicking like there's no tomorrow, and uh, all that remains is me, the T-O-N-Y-T, and lovely lady Lise Maddy. You could say that we are the last of us of this Dirt of God cast crew. Lise Maddy, welcome to our last of us review.
0: I don't know how I feel right now.
1: <laughs> so, uh, tonight we're going to be talking a little bit about the uh, the HBO Max video game adaptation of uh, Naughty Dog's The Last of Us. Uh, You never played this game at all?
0: No. I'm I'm familiar with the game like as a concept. I know a lot of people who played the game, so I've heard the story of this game, but I've never played it. Nor was I tremendously familiar with it. I just have heard of it.
1: I I have played it, and um, I'm still not over. Uh, from the PlayStation 3 playthrough. I'm still not over uh, how the story messed me up. And, uh, and then they, they dragged me back into it by re-releasing it in a, like a high-definition remake version and now the live-action version with uh, the Mandalorian Pedro Pascal himself and they, they dragged us into it. We just got done watching episode three and uh, we're gonna talk about the first three episodes of The Last of Us and uh, kind of our takeaways, highlights, lowlights, and uh, general impressions from someone who's played the game, that would be me, and someone who has not played the game. That's me. And um, of course, spoilers ensue. So if that's something that you care a whole lot about, uh, please uh, walk away now. Walk away now. Uh, just a heads up to introduce you to everybody here, full disclosure, across the table from us is the Nerd of God wife, Sheena, and she's uh, she's working on actual important things and not just talking about TV shows and video games and stuff. But from time to time, uh, she has joined us on this televised journey. So she might jump in with an opinion. It, it may happen, it may not happen. But uh, just in case, here's Sheena. Hi. That's her. And <laughs> and we'd love to know what you thought about this show the best way for you to do that is to connect with us across all the social medias wherever there's nerds who love Jesus you can find us across Facebook, Twitter, Instagram YouTube and TikTok at Nerd of Godcast you can join our online small group on Facebook that's the Nerd of God squad Uh, or you can even visit nerdofgodcast.com to get access to our men and women's small group the Fight Club and Vault 31 Uh, just send a little request we'll send you the private link so many ways to connect. We'd love to chat with you, connect with you, and exchange whimsical whimsical animated gifs with you. On to the show! The Last of Us uh, is a post-apocalyptic journey kind of cut from the cloth of The uh, Walking Dead and things like that, but uh, with a unique take on it. So, mushrooms.
0: Yeah. Crazy trips, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Growing out of your face.
0: Really uncomfortable seeming.
1: Yeah. Um... <clears throat> is that
0: accurate? Is that how it was in the game? Yeah. Oh, like yeah. Visually, their depiction of these
1: giant mushroom-faced bi- villains, and you and you. So far, we're we're in episode three, just came out, so we we are fresh from, haven't even spoken, like got up from the couch and walked over here to the computer, so we we have not even talked about our impressions of episode three yet. But yeah, that's that's the whole idea is that the the fungus has mutated, gotten into people, and turned them into. Uh, Mushroom zombies is kind of like um, the worst case scenario of Super Mario World. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, they're pretty freaky.
0: I'm not a fan of them.
1: (laughs) And and you haven't even seen some of the, uh, if they stay true to the game, which so far they they mostly have. Uh,
0: And there's something, it's, you know, what's extra worse about it, I mean, not that this isn't the case with the zombie, but I think with the cordyceps, like, the fact that they're, like, not fully zombies, they're the most, I mean, I guess we haven't gotten that far yet, but it's like people in transition. Mm. And, you know, there's yeah. such a, there's still a humanity to them, even in their like monstrousness and like what they look like and the transition they're in. But you still see like this is a person. I think that makes it such a, like even more disturbing emotional journey to be scared of them because you also feel sorry for them, and it's a lot of feelings wrapped in one.
1: That's what I think this show excels at. Is wrapping your feelings into the the, what what would otherwise be a a fairly (laughs) it would be a I mean otherwise it would be a very cut and dry just another zombie you know shooter you know in
0: fact even you know people keep saying you know the zombie show the and it's like my I haven't even categorized it as a zombie show in my mind because I feel like it's so unique in that way yeah in the humanity to it that I don't even think of it as zombies
1: yeah and and even in the game The Last of Us the 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 Cordyceps monsters, the zombies—they're part of it, but they're not really the uh, the the the, uh, the main attraction when it comes to the struggles that the characters endure. In fact, you kind of find out that uh, sometimes humanity is way worse than the monstrosity. But uh, so let's go back to episode one, and and we don't have I don't I don't have any notes here with me. I'm just kind of you know off the top of my head trying to remember things. So the the show starts out in uh, on September twenty sixth. 2003 mm-hmm. and it starts out with with joel and sarah his daughter uh and his brother tommy and uh give me, give me your impressions on on that first fateful night
0: um i hated everything about that experience <laughs> of, uh,
1: just
0: being a viewer for that i saw i watched that episode twice and both times i felt like i wanted to throw up within the first 15 minutes of the episode because it was just so heartbreaking um from a you know, TV show standpoint, the casting, awesome. Everyone was extremely likable right off the bat. The yeah. daughter, I don't know this actress's name, but she was, like, really charming. Um,
1: yeah, it's it's good TV. Like, they yeah, they, they work really hard. I feel
0: like it's just trying to be a video game, action-y, like, you know, we're going to sucker people in with the action-packed and the recognition of, oh, this is the game. Like, it's a very high-quality um, television with very good performances. I really liked her. Um, I liked Uncle Tommy. We haven't really seen him again since Episode 1, so I don't have too much of like an opinion on him. But
1: that's sort of the thrust of the, the adventure, at least partially, is that, that Joel's trying to make it to Tommy. Uh, the girl's name is Nico Parker. Uh, she was in Reminiscence, in Dumbo, um, just according to the IMDb, and the third day. So that's that seems to be the extent of her uh, catalog, but she was very good. Yeah, she was adorable. Very engaging. I, liked her,
0: I think her um, chemistry with Pedro Pascal was really good, like that father-daughter dynamic was, I, it was very nice. It was a really nice combination of, of people.
1: So now the game it holds, the the show is, is very true to the, the process of the game. I mean, they kind of walk you through some of the same benchmarks, but they did a little bit more, and not much more. But a little bit more to kind of give her backstory, a little bit of kind of fleshing her out as a character. Her going to get the watch for her dad, and uh, so so there was. I don't. They made you care more about her. Her going to the neighbor's house. Yeah,
0: you got a sense of her personality. She's a real you know, person. She's she's a little independent, Dad. You know, she's kind of Dad takes care of her, but really she's taking care of Dad, kind mm-hmm, of. You know, mm-hmm. like just in that opening scene, I feel like you got a really good picture of who she, like where she was at at that point in life as a young girl and the role she played in her home and her dynamic with her father they did a really good job at and
1: that. she's smart and funny uh, yeah. one of the lines that was in the show that was also that was directly taken from the video game when he asks how did you get the money to get the watch fixed she's like drugs. drugs i sell hardcore <laughs> drugs <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was and it's, it's funny she's a, she's a smart likable character and then she's immediately ripped away from us
0: yes it was just devastating yeah we
1: in, in games characters die all the time in games and sometimes you feel it Sometimes you don't, but for a character to, to have walked with us for that short of a time and for us to have reacted so harshly, uh, they just did a remarkable job making us like and then feel the sting of this girl's death yeah. right away. And uh, she was shot and killed by a soldier trying to contain the, uh, the cordyceps outbreak, and it was uh, just awful. And then we fast forward 20 years later, and Joel is in the quarantine zone. He's no longer in Texas. season. Boston, and uh, we kind of get a glimpse of his life uh, with Tess.
0: Mm-hmm. Which I'm still a little confused on Tess. I don't know exactly. I mean, I don't know if eventually the show will give a bit of a flashback of like how that relationship came to be, but I've gathered that her and Joel had a sort of on again, off again, maybe did they, did they type relationship.
1: Yeah, and I don't want to talk too much uh, ahead of schedule here, right. but uh, the, one of the most beautiful lines, because uh, they really do add a lot to the show to kind of make the characters seem more lifelike, and there was a line that was easily overlooked in episode two. So th- they, they meet Ellie, they you know, through a, a series of unfortunate events, they meet this little girl, and Ellie's deal is she seems to be immune to the bite of the cordyceps. Mm-hmm. She's She's been attacked, but she hasn't turned, and because of that the Fireflies, this sort of underground resistance movement, has hired Joel and Tess to get Ellie to uh, the, the the capital in Boston, uh, and that's where kind of the adventure of The Last of Us begins. But uh, when when they finally do get there, they realize there's no one there. The Fireflies have all been killed, and uh, you know the, what what would have been a real simple A B C adventure is now an, an X Y Z amount of problems, and uh, Tess. Gets infected. And that's a, a powerful scene.
0: Yeah. Uh.
1: And in that moment when she knows she's going to die. And she's asking Joel. Joel, you have to do this. Joel, you have to save her. If there's any hope for any of us, it's going to be in this girl. And we've heard this story before. But but she's the real deal. You've got to save her. And she says this line, which I thought was really beautiful. She said, I never asked you for anything. I never asked you to feel the way well, that I've, I feel. And it was like... What a, talk about like showing and not telling? Like they didn't say, "Hey, I kind of like you" and whatever. But all of a sudden, all the, the little tiny interactions those two characters had—Joel uh, when he when he comes back in the beginning and he's laying in bed, and she kind of lays in bed next to him and sort of puts her arm around him in a familiar way, but he doesn't reciprocate. You kind of yeah. get the idea that she loves him, but there's something firewalled in his heart.
0: Right. And what I'm curious to see you know in learning more about that dynamic is is how much the Tess know him you know how close were they did she know about Sarah
1: yeah yeah, yeah and, I don't know
0: or was it, that it, it what, doesn't it seem was, like
1: that's something he would talk about
0: right or was that like one of the big things that kept him so close up so it's interesting there's a lot of layers to the relationships and I like that that there's um you know every dynamic has a bit of complexity that's not just like what it is when you first see it there's probably a story behind there um, a devastating one that'll make you cry, and, <laughs> but a story nonetheless. So and, really cool. and, and I
1: do have hope that we'll maybe find out a little bit more about that because every episode so far has done some kind of a flashback scene. So the first episode opened up with a talk show from the 1960s kind of explaining, hey, what could happen if the planet got a little bit warmer? And these fungus fungi mutated. So sort of a you know a moral warning mm-hmm. on environmentalism. Uh, force fed to us in the middle of a our, our horror video game show,
0: which that was just horrible. And that's
1: the worst thing is because afterwards you're going, oh crap, could this really happen? Right, right. <laughs> and then in the second episode, a one, I mean just a wonderfully disturbing opening scene with the uh, the the fungus in, uh, researcher that they bring in. They interrupt her, her meal and they bring her in.
0: Was that in episode two? That was in episode two. Okay.
1: And uh, they have the body laid oh out. Oh my
0: goodness, yeah. And
1: she does the little autopsy on the body and the little uh, linguine come up out of her mouth. Ugh. Yeah, that was very, very uncomfortable. Very uncomfy. And, uh, but, but really effective at kind of showing us the right. horror and the fear and the, well, we're all screwed now.
0: <laughs> great scene, great, again, great performances, great cinematography, everything about that. Like,
1: it, it's a good-looking show, yeah. For being sort of gray, bleak, and and dreary of the post-apocalyptic, it's really, really well shot. Mm-hmm. And uh, and now in episode three, they did a little bit of a flashback where we got to see Tess again in a scene. So there is still hope that we might get a little yeah, bit more
0: of the of the backstory there. there.
1: And that was that was again they they showed uh, the flashback. Most of episode three is kind of told as a flashback, mm-hmm. and uh, and we'll get into that in just a minute. But they. Uh, Even simple things like in one scene, they'll show uh, a pile of bodies or skulls, bones in a ditch uh, with tattered clothing on it, and then they'll show a flashback, and you'll see in the scene, Fantastic. a mother yeah. holding her baby and the baby's wrapped in the blanket that we saw in the ditch and just it makes it really horrifying it creates yes. a very no, morbid picture
0: they don't hold on the that's horrible yeah
1: and if you if you were easily triggered and <laughs> this
0: Oh yeah this whole thing is a trigger warning yeah, re- the whole uh, yeah. thing the whole thing don't watch it <laughs> just don't watch it
1: now do you like scary zombie I
0: hate scary things I hate scary things I didn't want to be into this show I had no desire to be on this journey, and yet here I am. What does this say about me? I don't know. But I... You
1: you have a desire to conform and be in the the zeitgeist.
0: Clearly. um, It's not... And I guess the thing about this show, too, is what um, balances out, again, for me, is that like humanity to it. It's not just a horror movie. Or, you know, like here's the demons and the things. Yeah. There's humanity to it in the relationships and that's kind of what keeps me sucked in is I don't care for the scary stuff, but I do care about seeing the dynamics unfold and the relationships build and learning the history of things. I like the feels.
1: Sheena, you're not a scary movie, scary show person. No. <laughs> so how does this kind of register on your frightometer?
0: Um it's not Frightening. I don't know how to describe it. Disturbing, I, maybe. But I feel like I don't breathe while I'm having <laughs>
1: That was what she said in episode two. She's like, I know I know I must have breathed because I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> but she, like she she said, I'm fairly sure I didn't breathe the entire time. Uh, when they were when they were in the museum in Boston in episode two oh no and the clickers we find the clickers I for the first was time I not
0: a fan because we
1: had seen like early onset infection people kind of coming out the, the the in episode one the old lady in the wheelchair not but- a
0: fan of that <laughs> not a fan of that not one bit <laughs> I rebuke Satan that I mean I rebuke Satan daily. But that night that's a special word prayer no, it against bad like, grandma. I
1: don't need it's like all of a sudden like everybody unvolunteered from our uh, senior adult, you know, re- retiree, yeah, like yeah. The, 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 the assisted living home ministry at the church, like everybody unclicked. Mouth. They're like, I'm We're out. out, we're out, we don't want linguini mouth coming at us. Um very, very scary and um and and then in episode two when they' when we we, we kind of saw the transitional like they're just what you would consider regular zombies mm-hmm. and then we began to see the ones that had just like a little bit of the little 10 antennae coming coming out mm-hmm. of them but when we saw the clickers Mm-mm. they are a, a special kind of horrifying
0: um, I don't like them they look I don't even they, you know what they look like is when you see like a weird exotic plant and something's growing out of the exotic yeah. Plant.
1: Like some like a cross between some kind of like uh, feral monster and uh, a coral reef like, or something like literally that literally
0: that or like every time I see a close-up picture of like a lizard and they have them little puffy things coming out their throat you know <laughs> what I'm talking about
1: yeah kind of yeah I, the, 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 the like the, sp- the spitters from Jurassic Park with weird things just sticking off their face and that alarm says it's time for us to go to a break. We'll be right <laughs> back after this. No, yeah, yeah, they're they're very uncomfortable to look at.
0: Yes, there are everything texturally about them. Texture
1: just, is the thing. That's it's the, the texture. I
0: don't care for it.
1: Yeah, it, the, the, you're exactly right. That's the word I would use. It is the the texture of things. Even in that though, the scene when they first go into the building, I think it's in episode two, uh, or maybe episode one. It's episode one. And they find the body that's sort of plastered to the wall by all the fungus. Mm -hmm. And it's all around. It's just dried out. It's horrifying. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. it's very believable. It looks very organic and off-putting.
0: And And that's the thing. It's not scary. It's disturbing. It's gross. You you get the heebie. Like, you get uncomfy. I start feeling scratchy all of a sudden because I just feel like, (laughs) ugh.
1: I have a feeling that the scary's coming. Like... It's, it's I don't like
0: that you keep saying that because it gives me anxiety. Oh, but I do you don't think, know they peaked
1: in episode re- two? <laughs>
0: no, I just... Uh,
1: How many episodes is this show supposed to be, do you know?
0: I have no idea. But no. I know that they already renewed for season two and that's supposed to follow The Last of Us part two or something like really? that. Really? That's what I read. So, I don't know what that means. I'm just trying to live day by day and let tomorrow's anxiety be tomorrow's anxiety.
1: According to the internet, The Last of Us has nine episodes. So are, are, do you think, can we do this six more times?
0: I don't know. Tonight messed me up.
1: So uh, that that's what I want to talk about. So we're on episode three now. And this is going to be the episode that I think is going to be maybe the the hottest topic. And um, uh, it was mostly not about Joel and Ellie. But before we get into episode three, what do you think about Ellie?
0: Oh, I love Ellie. I think, you know, the thing about Ellie is um, she is... I feel like she's almost still like see- like hidden. Like they haven't, you know, even like how she was talking in episode two, I think it was when they asked her, you know, how'd you get in the mall? What'd you do? Like everything her all of her answers, like she I feel she's even though she talks more like freely to Joel, I think she's just as guarded as Joel. And oh, I think for sure. I haven't had a chance to really know her well enough to be like super attached to her. But I'm interested in her enough that I'm looking forward to when they decide that this is Ellie's moment to like like here's let's drop her guard. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I think that she's kind of mirroring Joel's lack of of being vulnerable. Like like as he's guarded, so is she. And she's grown up in a world, and you see that in her interaction with the the Firefly when she's kind of chained to the radiator. Um, she knows not to trust anybody. She gives him a fake name. She doesn't have to think about it. She doesn't have to pray about it. She just my knows. favorite
0: thing about Ellie is that that is true. But then her innocence is equally true. Right. Like I you know in the in the way she'll see something like an airplane and she's like but you've you got to be in the sky yeah, you know but yeah, the, yeah. The, the innocent wonder that she has that reminds us that she's, she's still, a, still a kid, kid yeah. combined with the fact that she is also like I mean, crazy, grew up in, you know, this school. This is the world she knows. She's, like, Mm -hmm. ready to shoot, ready to fight. Has her knife, like, stabbing cordyceps in the face. Like, she... (laughs) She has no
1: frame of reference to a a pre-pandemic world, right? right? you
0: know, she's bad to the bone, but she's also a kid. She is a kid. And I I like that.
1: And she wants a gun so bad. She
0: wants a gun so bad. It's kind of cute. It's kind of cute. give her a gun, Joel.
1: But, but, you know, I think that also shows her naivete. You know, Joel doesn't want her to have one because, I mean, Joel's had one. And I don't think he... Would he wants one, you know? Like, I don't, I don't, feel well, I like think that's... it's also
0: just because again, Joel can't, Joel is probably still viewing her through the lens of, you know, this child like my daughter was, you know, just like he wouldn't have wanted his daughter to be running around the gun. But what he doesn't see is that this is not the same as the child that his daughter was because of the environment she's, you know, she's probably more, Ellie's more equipped to carry a firearm than Sarah probably ever was, but. Joel doesn't see that.
1: I don't know. I think Sarah could probably be pretty hardcore with fire. Oh no, I'm sure she
0: would have figured it out but I think Ellie is like more in that place mentally.
1: Knowing a little bit more about the the arc and the, the way the characters develop in the game, I don't want to spoil anything but there are there there's definitely um, more that we're going to discover about the dynamic between Joel and Ellie and the way that he sees her and, uh, and uh, without spoiling anything, I mean you know in nine episodes uh, these characters are going to be dynamic and things are going to Grow and evolve for them, but right now Ellie is cargo. Uh, I think that Joel has kind of firewalled off his emotions oh, yeah. so much that he doesn't see her as his daughter. He sees her and as And I'm not saying cargo. that he sees
0: her as has da- his daughter. I'm just saying that the idea of her being a kid, right, which his only frame of reference would be my, ch- you know, my kid was your age or my kid was around your age, and she was a kid, right. So I don't care about you. But you're a kid.
1: But even in episode three, when she mentions Tess, he's like, "Don't bring up Tess. I don't want to hear about your history, your past. Right. You, you don't get to hear about mine. I, I don't." Think I just that think he's you can't—you
0: can't shake off the fatherly instinct to treat a child like a child, and that's what I mean. I don't yeah. think he has a sense of like—he feels like that's his
1: like fatherly. Right, her. right. I, again, I think uh, knowing just... what I know, I think that relationship is going to—you'll you, see that relationship grow. Over the over the over the episodes, like right now, I think you're right. I think that's in him, but I think he's working really hard not to let that, because then he gets hurt again yeah. if something happens. But their dynamic will grow and it will change in a way that is complex. And it's, it's, because it would be really obvious and kind of bad writing if it's like, hey, we don't get along, but we're kind of stuck in this together, and we butt heads, and you're some snot-nosed kid, you're some grumpy old man. But then by the end, they learn to love each other. Like, that's just, that's bad writing.
0: Yeah.
1: Their dynamic is going to change if it stays true to the game in a way that is not what you predict, but is better than what you predict. Like, it's it's more satisfying and grounded and challenging. And it's wonderful. It's why the game was remade twice. It's why the people are still talking about it. When, I mean, when did The Last of Us video game come out? I mean, I feel like it's, it's been like 10 years. Um, but... Uh, so, so we, we were about to talk about Episode 3. Episode 3 just came out. Um, what a complicated episode.
0: I hated everything about tonight. I watched you if watching this I show. I have... I have never, like, ugly, ugly cried. I sobbed like a baby. You were episode.
1: gripping your pillow, and, like, I was... Your whole face was, like, puffy, and you were, like... I was watching you lose it. <laughs> so, it, it started out... Um, in a may- way that maybe you didn't expect, you have sort of your Dale Gribble. It's actually it's Ron Swanson. I mean, it's Nick Offerman. Yeah, and and it, being
0: very Ron Swanson. Being very Ron Swanson. I was like, oh, so this is just like how Ron Swanson reacted to the Cordyceps,
1: which made me want to say, okay, now I want to I want to see all of my favorite television shows and how they would handle the end of the world. Right. Like, can we see the Cordyceps uh, invade the, the 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 New Girl? Can we see the Cordyceps in Springfield attacking the Simpsons? I want to see the Cordyceps in all of these realities and just see who. <laughs> Who lives and who dies? The Simpsons <laughs> probably girl. did it already, um, but Schmitt immediately panics. <laughs> but um, the it's it's he's he's a survivalist. He's very Dale Gribble. Very mm. uh, he's got his basement filled with guns. When yeah. the, the military he's comes been to evacuate, for he's this been moment. waiting. He's a prepper. He manages to keep electricity and heat in his house, and and he's able to cook and hunt and grow his own food, so he lives very happily for years until a survivor makes his way to his property and uh, again spoiler alerts ensue uh, he ends up bringing him in and, and feeding him and, and clothing him and uh, and then this episode takes a turn now uh, this is where it got maybe a little little stranger or, or unconventional but it, it did to some level mirror the game not as overtly as, um, as the game was it was a little more overstated but we have Bill and we have Frank. And Bill and Frank uh, walk out the whole pandemic, end of the world, zombie apocalypse. Um, and they fall in love with each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty quickly, thanks yeah. to the m- musical magic of Linda Ronstadt. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and they have this whole relationship yeah. that plays out over the course of 16 years, I think, in, yeah. in the show's time. And uh, these two guys uh, fall in love. They They... Have spats. They uh, survive together. They thrive together, and uh,
0: grow old, and it's a whole thing. And
1: then they, they like James Garner in The Notebook, lay down and die together.
0: I hate everything about this. The thing, the thing is, you know, I was mad. I was mad because what I did not like was that we got put through this whole thing that this man was like making Ron Swanson suffer. Was like I'm gonna kill myself because or I want to die because I'm sick and I can't live like this or whatever and I couldn't handle this Nick Offerman made me just break inside his <laughs> the sheer pain it was so sad
1: so, you know, coming from a, a Bible-based Christian worldview, and I know that different Christians have different thoughts, but I, uh, I hold on to the, the biblical idea of uh, marriage being a man and a woman Correct. as God biologically, emotionally, and relationally created us. Um, so you, you have that sort of, uh, okay, this is a little difficult and challenging to watch. Now, I don't know where you, uh, loyal listener, fall in your thoughts or opinions on that, but that's my personal theology as I interpret the Bible. And I uh I felt like it was very it was graphic and uncomfortable. Now yes. how do you how do you watch a show about people getting eaten alive and then find two men kissing each other graphic and uncomfortable, right? Like we no, it's okay. It the ob- rampant murder and genocide of a people. It
0: only was made worse because it was Ron. <laughs> And <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't not see Ron Swanson, and that just made it more uncomfortable for me. Well,
1: it was it was, I don't want to say graphic like pornographic, but it was. It was
0: pretty. I it mean, it was
1: it was graphic and prolonged.
0: Yeah, it was it was a lengthy um, scene. Yeah, and uh, it was it did not need to be that long for us to understand. What yeah, was we happening. got
1: it. Yeah, you didn't. You, that that could have been a, a you know like you know. We, we got it. It was implied, but right. they they really took the time to kind of linger on. The physical nature of their relationship, um, and now in the game, Bill is alive. When you you come and find Bill, and he's reclusive and crazy, a loose cannon, not trusting anybody, um, and and you end up kind of you you never meet Frank because at that point Frank is dead. Bill is not dead, so actually later on you'll find Frank's body, and Bill will kind of make comments but as he's sort of giving the exposition and kind of talking about oh hey where's Frank you get the idea it's very heavily implied that they were lovers in the game but we never meet Frank and it's it's not you you don't get that whole backstory mm. uh, so it, it is a very different spin on the way that they they, they tell definitely
0: tug the I mean I don't know just the idea of someone you loved I don't know they did a really good job at making me sit there with ice cream in my hand, cry like a baby.
1: So if if you would have taken out the what I found uncomfortable, and uh, you can send all of your uh, hate letters to nerdagodcast at gmail.com. But what I I found it uncomfortable and and not my preference to to watch all those things. But if you if you took that out and you made this about two men who loved each other in in a in a good. Uh, you know, phileos way instead of an eros way, you know, as brothers, as, as friends who were surviving this thing together, uh, as close as they can be, and, and still protecting one another, still loyal to each other, still uh, very much uh, loving one another in, in a healthy way, you know, in a good, in a good way that, that wasn't, um, you know, atypical to uh, the, the Christian worldview. Um, it was a very, very powerful narrative the way that they loved each other. It was a very powerful narrative, the way that they uh, went through their story arc and and protected one another. And even in the scene where they led us to believe that Bill was going to die because he'd been shot by the Raiders, um, it was it was really beautifully played out. And uh, it was an emotional gut punch, especially because I, I didn't know what to expect because they went off the path of the game so drastically.
0: Mm-hmm. So... Um, it was a rough episode. It was an emotionally... And I think, again, just because you can't help but sit there and go, Gosh, how would I handle this? What would I do? How could I... I can't even imagine. And that made it just more painful. And I
1: can't um, imagine I'd have relations with Ron Swanson, even in the end of the world.
0: Well, he wouldn't be that into you. You're not his type. You sure? I don't know.
1: I'm a very burly man. Uh, <laughs> that being said, um, at the end of the episode... Uh, Joel and Ellie uh, find their way to, uh, and I wonder how much time elapsed. Like I, I, I wonder. Well,
0: so they said the whole thing was August, right? That was when he wrote the letter. He wrote the letter, yeah. And we are in twenty twenty three present day, right? So it's probably just a few months after because we're in the same years. Yeah, yet.
1: there was still there was still meat on the plate that they left yeah. at their dinner, but there was dust, dust on the was, table. Yeah. So so maybe a few days, maybe a, a couple weeks.
0: I would say more because um the food looked really moldy yeah
1: yeah yeah so it it wasn't too too long right is but, the point. yeah yeah but um but definitely a uh, a powerful episode and then at the end Joel and Ellie come in they uh, they're able to, to stock up on supplies and um, get themselves a truck yeah which uh, kind of brings us up to speed with the game when they get a truck and now the their journey gets a little bit faster I mean from episode one to episode three they've only covered about 10 miles. Uh, mm. from from Boston, so there there's still a long way for them to go to get. So to. So they
0: were in Boston, leaving Boston. Yeah, they went
1: from the quarantine zone, which was in Boston, to Boston, so which is where Tess died.
0: Frank was trying to get to Boston.
1: Frank was trying to get to Boston from Baltimore. The Baltimore quarantine zone uh, collapsed. It 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 fell it fell apart when I guess the infected got in there. So uh, he said ten of them were able to escape, and he was the only one to live.
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: so. Uh there's a long way for them to go. Where they, where they trying to get Wyoming? Yep, yeah, to get Tommy To get to Tommy and uh, so so there's a lot of country that they've got across and a lot of adventures uh, over the next six episodes and then perhaps in, into next season. Um, so far what's your what's your favorite thing uh, about the show?
0: Favorite thing. Yeah,
1: what's something that you go this is what makes this show uh, watchable and, and great and, and a standout show
0: again I just just the relationships the dynamics and how all of the characters work i mean ellie and joel obviously that's something that even as close as they are with each other you're already kind of delighted by them individually you know d- not delighted by him but in- invested in him <laughs> you know you're paying for him you're delighted by ellie I just think I, I care so much about the individual characters. They've done a really good job at very quick quickly making me just root for them and want them to be okay and want things to be better. Um, so that's my favorite thing is like everything sucks, but, I'm, but yeah. I'm on their side.
1: And I've seen Pedro Pascal go from being an unwilling chaperone to a child that he sees as cargo, but then somehow becoming very bonded with him and becoming close. And now we're rooting for both of them. But that's a show called The Mandalorian. And uh, that's a conversation for a different time. Correct. Uh, what what don't you like about the show?
0: Um, the mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> the shrooms are pretty disturbing.
1: Yeah, the shrooms are disturbing. Sheena, any any uh, high points for the show for you?
0: Um, I think that it's very like pretty, like all of the scenery and stuff. They do a very good job of making it look like oh, that's a room that would be found in a video game. Because I watched you play, I never played it, but I watched you play it. And like, I was like, oh, that looks exactly like a scene from yeah, <laughs> out of the video game. It
1: really does. And they did a great job. And and yet, yeah, the visuals are so stunning, and they look just like they're out of the video games. And, and to your point, the relationships between the characters are so uh, vibrant, and yet that's just how they are in the video game. So I think that is a testament to a video game, which I did, I did confirm. It. it came out in 2013. So a game that came out 10 years ago for the PlayStation 3 did such a remarkable job that they could stay... Fairly true to the source material, and actually pull off something that people, even people who are not video game fans, can watch and go, okay, there's a story to be told here, and uh, and we're on this journey with them, and I'm gonna tell you, it's gonna get way worse before it gets any better.
0: That so much.
1: Um, So. So uh, yeah they they definitely make a lot Well I
0: cry more than yes. I cried tonight. Because I cried so much tonight.
1: I, yeah, I think so. And I don't think it's always going to be like the the Romeo and Juliet cry. I mean, I think it's going to be there's moments where you're going to cry from like, "Oh my god, I can't believe that just happened to to the character that I love." You know, and, and whether it's someone that we've seen already or someone that we haven't even met yet. So I won't spoil anything. But uh but these characters are definitely in for it and there's some some bridges to cross Uh between now and then but uh we'll we'll be here for the journey um i I do recommend a lot of caution uh if you're as christians you know i can't give this like my clear pastor tony endorsement because there really is just a lot of content that i i find fairly incompatible with the the general, accessible Christian worldview. Um, I know if you're listening to this show, you're probably going to watch it anyway. Uh, But uh, just do watch it with caution. Uh, And if you do find something that is a little off-putting, I promise you this. uh, There is no show uh, on HBO, no video game, that is uh, worth watching, playing, experiencing. No story or narrative that is worth uh, following a a rabbit trail that's going to lead you to a very dark place or lead you to a place where uh, you find yourself distant, or, or numb to uh, to the presence of God. So please seek God first, and, uh, and that is very much the most important thing. But uh, if you do watch this show, if it is something that you can stomach tolerate and filter, uh, give it a shot, check it out, and uh, we would love to hear what you think about it. Send us a message. Uh, on our Facebook group the Nerd God Squad uh, let us know what you think by uh, giving us an email or you can call the Nerd God Cast hotline and give us one of your uh, give us a little dispatch leave us a message and uh, we might uh, even play it on the show if it is compelling enough that number is area code 760 n o g c a s t 760 664 2278 Give us a call, leave us a message, and uh, we would love to hear what you have to say. Well, that is all the time that we have for tonight for uh, those of us, the last of us here uh, at the Nerd of God cast. Lovely Lady Lismati.
0: Hey, make good choices. And uh,
1: Sheena, the Nerd of God wife over there working and barely paying attention to us. Bye. And me, Tony T. We love you. God bless you. Until next time, we ain't gotta go home, but we can't stay here. I mean, you
0: guys can. This is your house. Watch
1: out for the clickers.